Lost Talk Radio. Well, good morning out there to all my awesome self listeners at Blog Talk Radio and over at Rainbow Soul and iTunes. And you guys tune in to Off the Shelf so many ways. I was telling our guests, usually on Saturday morning, I'm running around like crazy and then also marketing the show again right before it launches and I'm after the show as well uh, to try to get the guests as much traffic as I can. But I have this static on my line, so I've got to try to ignore the static. You know how things happen in your life. you got to don't get distracted, ignore the static, and just stay, um, stay focused. The guest was kind enough to tell me that she didn't hear it on her end, but there is this constant uh, loud static on my end, and I'm hoping that it's just not carrying over. But as we've done here on Off the Shelf for, we, we, we're in 13 years, you guys. Uh, as we've done here on Off the Shelf, and you know, in 13 years, we've had a lot of guests on here. Uh, Essence, New York Times bestselling authors. We've had multi-millionaire business owners on Off the Shelf. We've had a lot of things happen unexpectedly, and one thing I've learned, and I share with you all, I'm telling you, you have to keep going forward. There was a, a, a saying uh, they used to say in the 1960s, keep your eye on the prize. Don't start getting focused on the distraction. Like this nagging noise in my ear. Just, just keep, keep going forward. And that's what I'm going to do because I want to give our guests an amazing, amazing show as we have here at Off the Shelf and to our listeners. I want to start by thanking our loyal listeners for tuning in, in here over 12 years I, at the beginning there was no way I thought I would be within 12 years in to a radio show but I started a few shows ago with a quote that I just wanted to drop in your spirit and the quote for today is love will find and heal the most broken hearted disappointed abused and ashamed love has come there is no turning back and that is from my book, love over me. Love will find and heal the most brokenhearted, disappointed, abused, and ashamed. Love has come. And there's nothing akin to the greatest of these is love. And there is no turning back. Welcome to our February the 11th Off the Shelf show. I want to say happy Valentine's Day in advance for those who celebrate Valentine's Day. And you don't need to be in a relationship to enjoy Valentine's Day because you can always love you. And that's something that, that that's, the, that's, the, that's the beginning of us loving other people, loving ourselves. I hope you'll teach yourself, whether you're in a relationship or not, to a fabulous Valentine's Day and always, always love yourself. And I encourage you to pick up a copy of Love for Over Me. It's in ebook and print format. You can get it at get anywhere. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, ebook, ebook. You can get it at Amazon.com, Walmart. In the library, if you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk, tell them you want to get a copy of Love for Over Me by Denise Kearney, which is me, that's my pen name, and they can order a copy for you because Love for Over Me is carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And then if you'll just send me a line and let me know how you enjoyed Love for Over Me, I think, think it will be a positive change to your life and not just a great entertainment change. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest today, I'm so honored to have her, Mary, 
Ellie Walker with us. She is a sorority sister of mine, Sigma Gamma Rho, and I reached out to her and she was so gracious and she said yes, she would appear on Off the Shelf. Most of our guests actually reach out to me and request to be on Off the Shelf, but I reached out to Mary. She was gracious and said yes. And we have another thing in common, I realized when I was doing the research for the show. She's, she lives in Ohio. I was born in Ohio. And this Ohio resident, she's the author of the book, Never As Good As The First Time and Not Quite What It Seems. Mary is also a freelance writer and editor. She's really going, using her passion. And she's online. I encourage you, you can go over and check her out online even as you listen to today's show. And her website, she has her own. I'm going to ask her to give it to us. But this is the website that I found when I was doing my research for the interview. It's us.us.macmillan, M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N.com. It's forward slash author, forward slash M-A-R-I. She spells her name with an I, not a Y. M-A-R-I-W-A-L-K-E-R. We're so honored to have Mary here. Uh, again, an SG Rosova on Off the Shelf Book Talk Radio this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Marie. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm just really excited that you chose me for today. Um, you know, this previous to Valentine's Day. Um, I thank you for taking the time out and um, inviting me to your show. Well, thank you so much, and I'm glad that to have you here. I'm really trying to push through this static, you guys. I wish you could hear it. You could hear how on my side, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let it distract me. It is. It is a blessing to have us here, here with us. Do you have a website like um, MaryWalker.com? Do you have a website with a more direct URL that you can share with our listeners so they can bookmark it, go and visit you? or whenever they want to learn about the new books that are coming out months and years from now? Absolutely, I'm working on that. I've changed a lot of things, so it's not up at this time. But they can um, Google my books um, to find out where they are. They're pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, Barnes & Noble, and of course on my author's website, uh, or my publisher's website, as you um, so graciously just announced. Um, and they can use that website. It's on Amazon. It's the book on Amazon. Um, they can bring them in paperback or ebook. So I'm very excited about that. So, and those books okay. are like six and eight years old, but they're still selling. So, um, you know, I'm really happy about that. That is, you know what? That's a testament to your to your talent. And your dedication to your craft, you know, as you continue to hone and sharpen your craft. Now, Mary, this is a question I ask every guest. Uh, the first few questions I ask every guest who comes on off the shelf before we dive into your book, so our listeners can get a little background on our guests, so they they feel like they know them by the time they we start talking about the book. So, before we go into the show's questions, can you tell off the shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up as a kid, Mary? Sure. So um, I have a huge family, um, very large. Um, my mother had nine children. My mother and father, they had nine children. Um, even though my aunt, they 
to Coles, uh, County, and Georgia, Georgia. And so that's where my roots are. A lot of my family is from uh, Georgia and Florida. But I grew up in Columbus. And, uh, you know, with, with our, our large family, my mother was a reader. She um, used to gather us together, like before we um, went to bed, and she always read to us out of those big books. And I loved my mother's voice and how she could paint a picture um, while she was telling us those stories. And I remember when I was uh, quite young, she was telling us this one particular story, and it was so descriptive, I wanted to see the picture. So I, I, uh, I climbed up into my mom's lap, and I was like, let me, let me see the picture. And I was surprised that there were no pictures in the book. It was all words. And so um, that's how I fell in love with words. I realized you could draw a world and paint pictures with just words. And you didn't have to have any drawings to tell a story. So um, I studied my mom telling us those stories uh, with me falling in love with words and books and writing. Um, always wanted to write from a, from a real young age. I can remember scribbling, you know, tearing out the backs of the blank pages from my mom's book. She wasn't too happy about that, but I wasn't concerned about that at the time. I just wanted to write. And I remember scribbling on those pages and gluing them together with bubble gum and trying to sew them together with a needle and thread. And I would take my work to my mom and I would say, look, mom, I wrote a book. And she would just put it back and it was like it was the best thing in the world. She, oh, uh, man, that is so, so good. I can see what you're doing. Isn't that pretty? So she kind of just, um, with those words, she just kind of uh, made the desire to be a writer blossom in my heart. So I, I really credit her with that. And, uh, and then my dad, he was a, a storyteller. He would tell us stories about how he grew up down south. And, um, he had this, this laugh that he didn't even have to know what, what was funny. He would walk into the room with him and he would be, you know, if he's talking about something, he just told it. And then uh, people would just walk in the room and they, they would start laughing, not even knowing what he had been uh, talking about. But um, because of my mom's reading, reading stuff, and because of my dad's storytelling, um, it just sparked a flame, you know, within me. And I just knew that I wanted to be a storyteller and I wanted to be a writer. Um, so that's pretty much, you know, what, what got me uh, started on, on believing that I could write, write books. So from a, from, from that, that kind of led into my next question. So from the time you were a child, you knew you wanted to, you, that was something that you definitely knew you wanted to be a writer. Because a lot of people say they didn't know. They wanted to do something else, and then they kind of stumbled into writing. No, I absolutely knew. Um, I was always a lover of the written word, and I absolutely knew that I could write formally. And I was scribbling, I always knew that I wanted to, to write. So, um, okay. you know, it was, it was just uh, a gift, I believe. Uh, God gave me a gift that he placed in me as a young child, and I'm just blessed to have seen it come to fruition. So, so tell us, Mary, before.
before we talk about your book, go into your books again. So your mother read to you. She put you on her lap, and you wanted to see the pictures. There were no pictures. You started writing your own stories, and and she encouraged you. How old were you then, and then how long was it, Mary, before you actually, other than writing those children's stories, how long between the time you knew you wanted to be a writer and you actually wrote and published your first book? I did not want to try even the flesh, fledgling uh, 
versions of self-publishing at that time. Um, so I started out, um, you know, uh, getting a list of the agents who had agents, uh, authors who were writing it similar to mine. Um, I made a list of them and, you know, do some research because there was really nothing online about how do you submit to an agent, how do you um, write a query letter. I didn't know anything about that. Um, there was really no one to talk about about that, um, talk to about that. So I, um, you know, I stumbled up on, on a couple of sites that had a little bit about it, like on college websites about how to uh, write a query letter. So I sat down and practiced writing that, you know, what I wanted to say and all of that. Um, really wasn't uh, too confident about the process. I heard that, you know, when you first submit to an agent, you get a lot of rejection letters, you know. Yeah. stories of the most hundreds of rejection letters and never getting accepted and, and the frustration of that. So I finally decided that I was just going to write what was in my heart and describe my, my story. Um, the best I could in three paragraphs, you have to get from the beginning, the middle, and the ending. And then tell them why I thought that my book should be published. I did that. Um, one of the people that was an early inspiration to me was Mr. Uh, the late Mr. Elon Harris. Yeah. He was a oh. Yes, he, he was such a nice person. I mean, even though he was a New York Times bestseller, yes. he was one of the most down-to-earth people that I've ever met. I mean, okay. how I connected how I connected with him was um, on the back of his book, he had an email address. So, um, you know, if, 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 if the audience doesn't know who Mr. Elon Harris is, he was the uh, first man who wrote about the gay life and he was the first yep. black man to write about it. Yeah. And um, the story. In novel form. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And so, Story transcendent to gay life, and they spoke to you no matter if you were gay or straight. So I fell in love with his characters, and uh, I remember him saying on the back of one of his books that he wasn't going to write about these particular characters anymore, and he was going to move on. Um, and I saw his email address, I said, I'm going to send him an email and tell him how much I enjoyed his characters, and um, you know, he, you know, just him. I didn't want to see them go. I was supposed to bring him back at some point. And so I did. I, I sent him back. And uh, he sent me an email back right away and said, you know, thank you. Um, you're, you know, you people like you are the reason that I'm where I'm at. And I was shocked, you know, that I got that email. Right yeah. I wasn't sure that it was really him, you know. But um, after he wrote me that back, I, I sent him a question. I said, you know, I have loved writing all my life, but I'm having this one particular problem. Uh, I think all my characters sound like me, even though males, I think they sound like me. How do you get your characters to sound different? 
that, that capitalism is a rich in that sense, but it's also rich in real people like that, right? You know, ah. Know, so, so it's a Yes. Okay, uh, let me see, it, it, then that, that, you know what I'm going to do, and I, I really hate to do this, I, I thought, I'm thinking the whole time that it's, the line is clear when I, check, when I checked in, let me, let me see if it's on my end, because, okay. uh, and, and I, I, the, the death of radio is silent, but I'm going to have to hang up my phone and see if I can dial back in and see if it's my end, if not, 
it, it, it may be on the Blog Talk Radio side. I true what what I the, the show's gonna probably go dead when I hang up the phone. Right. So, uh, but if it, if there's this much static that I'm hearing, then they're not probably able to hear. So let me hang up and try to dial back in. I was gonna ask you to give a brief synopsis of your book, but the show's gonna disconnect. So let me hang up and dial back in real quickly. I think it's on the blog talk radio side. It does sound better, uh, but I still hear the static. Uh, I'm going to keep going, but while I'm going, I'm going to reach out for support uh, to them because we're into the middle of the show now. I can't, I can't stop the show at this point. It's, I, I think it's on their end where the static is coming from. Um, I thank you for your patience. Apologize to our listeners to everybody for that. What we can do if you're open to it is reschedule you in the future, but go ahead and do this show and then reschedule you for the future because I want to make sure you get a clear, good air time. But can you, can you, we've got 30 more minutes to go, uh, and we have listeners who tune in from all over the world, and I don't want to just hang up the phone because of the status. Can you give us a brief synopsis of your novel, Never As Good As The First Time?
that eventually pulled her in and both of them eventually became users. So it's all about how that impacts her life, her children's life, and how she um, is she able to disengage from the destructive path that Jane puts you know, meeting Jane puts in it. Okay, okay. Uh, can can you tell us a little bit more? I know you you you, you, were, you were talking about giving your synopsis of your character, but where is Sammy? I hope I'm saying her name right. Sammy Collins. Where where is she from? How old is she at the start of? How old is she at the start of the story? And then I want to ask you some questions about her and her minister husband. Okay, so the lie she's probably in her late twenties. Uh, the same old thing of where she's from. I kind of leave that vague, but she is from the uh, Ohio area, um, and she, um, you know, she was brought up in a Christian household. Um, kind of led a sheltered life, really didn't know anything about the streets and all of that. Um, but she's, she's a bit naive, you know, when it comes to that life. So she's totally unprepared for Jane, who's street smart, you know, good looking, knows how to talk. She's an excellent lover. She finds out um, she does things with him in that area that she never did with her husband. He's just totally set her free um, in, in that arena. And so, um, you know, that kind of, of uh, life can be intoxicating and addicting in and of itself to be introduced to a lifestyle that you, you've never had before, which seems fun and for the dark uh, drug, drug type issues come in. So, um, so she's young, yeah. um, and her children are young as well. She's, she's kind of making mistakes with her children. Um, in engaging with the pain, but um, it's like the rest of us, we, don't, we can only do what we know to do at the time, you know, and so um, there's no, you know, people said it a lot lately, there's no manual on how to raise children, there's no manual on how to raise yourself, really, when you're a young adult, you know, mother, there's, there's nothing in there about, you know, what's good behavior, what's not, so kind of wounded no matter what area you're in. So how how long but you, you mentioned Zane and I was gonna ask you uh what what was it about him that caught Sammy's eye, but how long before we go to talk start talking about Zane Blackman, how long has Sammy's husband how long has he been a minister? I mean she was married to a minister and most people think uh, uh, married in a Christian marriage is going to last the rest of your life uh, or the rest of your physical experience. But how long has Sammy's husband been a minister when their relationship starts to fall apart? I mean, that's not something you often hear about. Well, um, they're both young, you know. Even her husband um, was, was young. You know, at the time that he went into ministry. So, you know, not every minister, as I'm sure you know, is being. So, um, you know, I tried to show that um, her husband being a minister, he was two-faced. You know, so he was oh. 
very important to her when they were putting on shows um, in public. She would hug and kiss her and all of that. Uh, when they got home, if she, you know, took one of the children to the, to the bathroom and was back there too long, you know, and he was accusing her of sneaking back there to meet somebody, you know, uh, another man at the church and, you know, telling her she was like a clown and makeup and, and that kind of stuff. But then after he was told to my dad, he was like a clown. He would then go on to talk about how good another woman looked in her makeup. You know, so he was, he was a very abusive uh, and safe type of, of guy. So um, I, I wanted the readers to question if he could be that insincere with her. Um, what he really did was hear the cry. How could you treat someone you love that way and still have, uh, you know, how could you have a, a, a real relationship with the Lord? You know, uh, so you know what, Mary, what I'm going to ask you to do? I just want to check one more thing. I've reached out to Blog Talk Radio. Can you hang up and try to dial back in? I don't know. And if you're on a cell phone, can you try a landline phone? I just want to make sure, it, 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 perhaps it might be on your line, I'm not sure. The static, it lightens up when I'm talking. So if you if you don't mind, and then I'll keep the show going until you dial back in. If you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. To, to our off the shelf. Yes, I want to see if the static does uh, break up. And I still do hear it, so if you... Hung up. I apologize to our listeners. It's not on my my phone, and it sounds like it went away. So maybe it was on uh, Mary's line. I don't know. But if if she dials back in, the static appears now that it's completely cleared up. So if she dials back in, we'll know the static was on her line. And I, I didn't even think to ask her to hang up uh, earlier. I just assumed it was on my end. But we are interviewing with Mary Walker. Lesson learned. Hopefully something will happen in your life this week that might remind you of this experience. And instead of thinking, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me, or it's the other person, let me, let me, once I figure out it's not me, let me ask the other person if they'll try to do something. We can clear the, I think the static was coming from the other line because it's gone. The static is now gone. So we we are interview, we are honored. <laughs> We're waiting for her to rejoin with Mary Walker, and she's the author of Never As Good As The First Time, which we're talking about. And the line sounds so wonderful and not quite what it seems. So as soon as she reconnects, I will uh, connect her to the show again. I want to thank all of you for your patience here. I've learned so much on Off The Shelf Radio uh, but her story, she's talking about the, the minister, Sammy's husband, who is a minister, and she deliberately made him, uh, his character, not what you would expect a minister to be like. He, he He's married to Sammy, but he it seems like he has trouble really loving a person. Uh, because he, he he puts her down, she said, and he'll compliment another woman in the church in front of her. So even though that seems like a hidden way to attack someone, you have to wonder, um, does this person really love? And we know 
that the scriptures tell us the greatest of these is love. That's what we have to do. We we can't just be religious and go to church and say certain things. We have to love. And Mary just rejoined, so let me reconnect her, and hopefully the static doesn't return. Hi, Mary. The static went away, so okay. let's see if it let's see if yeah, let's see if it stays gone. I was telling our listeners I didn't even think to ask you to to hang up earlier and dial back in, but in the future I'll know to do that. But the line has yeah. cleared up. Yeah, so it's cleared Sammy up. So you were telling us about about Sammy, uh, her her husband. He you made you deliberately created him into this uh, flawed character. So yeah, uh, but you wouldn't expect. What you wouldn't expect from a minister. But I also wanted to ask you, why did Sammy let her work skills erode? Did she expect her husband? She she knows he's not uh, authentic. In, in his love for her, did she expect him to take care of her as if she was a child? And I'm asking you that. I heard this in a movie, God is Real, and I also uh, went out and got the book, The Cinderella Complex, and it says how subconsciously mm-hmm. women expect a man to take care of them, and we generally are attracted to and look for a man who will be that extended father and will take care of us. Even if we have another job and if a man loses his job, we get upset because now, oh, you won't be able to take care of me anymore. Is, does she, is she dealing with something like this? Why did she let her work skills erode so much just because she was was married? Well, um, another thing I explore a little bit is Samai's uh, home life before she left to marry um, Ian who was her ex-husband, it's, um, she didn't really have a good relationship with her mom. So I think Ian was both uh, a self-esteem builder for her. She was going to marry a minister. Um, she would show her family that, yes, she could get a good man. And I think she let those things drive her to marry Ian. So um, she really didn't have very many skills when she she married him. But, no, to answer your question, she was not looking for um, Prince Charming to come and take care of her in that way. I think she wanted him to rescue her from the life she knew and thought that by him being a minister it would be ideal, but he wasn't who she thought he should be. And so um, she never really had any skills um, that she could fall back on. But um, you know, so go ahead. You know, what's, you know what's amazing? We don't see ourselves doing this. I recently mm-hmm. read everything we do. We're the center of it, and even the mm-hmm. friends we seek out. It's how can this benefit me? We generally right. do it unconsciously. We do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. We think we're we're being noble and good and giving. And why do people wipe their feet off on me and take advantage of me? But everything we do, we look out at the world. How can this person add to my life? How can this right. person add to my life? And the people who we think won't add to our life, those are the people we walk by and dismiss. So exactly. we we exactly. all are guilty. We all are exactly. guilty of it. Now, what is it about Zane? He's just, he's totally different from Sammy's husband. What is it mm-hmm. about Zane Blackman that? What grabs her attention? She's married to a minister. You said she grew up somewhat naive. She's from Ohio. You don't go a lot into her background. But 
why would Zane? Why would she give pay Zane any attention? They don't seem to be anything alike. Um, true. They and there was the attraction. I'm I'm sure you've heard opposites attract. So mm-hmm. um, with her, it was opposites attract to the nth degree. Now, um, wow. I don't know if some of the listeners have met that one guy who rings your bell. Um, he doesn't even have to speak to you, but when you see him, something ignites automatically. That chemistry mm-hmm. starts firing, and that curiosity starts um, gaining momentum, and you just you just want to know what it is about this guy that makes you feel the way that you do. So um, so that chemistry is the initial thing that draws you to someone who's opposite, at least in my world that I created for this character. And I've heard some people say this in real life. So um, it wasn't about who he was. It was initially about his good looks. He was devastatingly handsome. And then they had this, this uh, connection, this immediate attraction, going both ways. So and it and it's weird how they went to high school together and didn't experience that. Well, uh on a limited basis maybe they did, but they never got together in high school. So this this attraction I think was curiosity, uh it was it was chemical and it was also just one of those things, you know, and I think in life we're presented with opportunities all the time. Um some opportunities will lead us up um, toward good goals in our life and things that will uh, take us down a path that will be rewarding. And then there are those those things and choices that come our way that we know aren't good for us deep inside. Something is telling us, don't go that way. But we ignore that because the thrill of it all seems to outweigh the risk of getting into something you really can't handle. And I think that's what happened with Samai when she met Zane. It was, she had some warning bells going off, but the thrill of it all, she kind of pushed those down. And and we all have those kinds of choices. And um, we know that something's not good for us, but we want to explore it anyway. And sometimes we end up being in a trap that we didn't intend to, to get into. Wow. Now, now see, the story is sounding like it's, Piquing my interest, tell me that Sammy is, is is smart enough that I see shows on TV one, real life shows of people who do things for uh, they they bring somebody into their life and all it when I tell you it changes everything. Some people get locked mm-hmm. in sort of relationship with 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 somebody. I mean, it gets very bad, even though it might start off good. Tell me, Sammy, don't give the story away. Is she smart enough to pump the brakes before it's too late? <laughs> How can I answer that, Denise, without giving away the story? Um, that is a very interesting question. I'll I'll give you the answer this way. I had um, an interview with Joey Pinkney um, uh, when the when uh, Never as Good as the First Time first came out, and he absolutely loved. Zane Blackman's character, and oh. he said that the story would not have been what it had been had Zane not been who he was. Now, uh, I love Zane Blackman too. You know, we were talking about earlier how characters tell you who they want to be. Um, 
Zane was one of those people who who was always talking to me, telling me, you know, this is this is who he is, and it was fun following and developing Zane. But Joey, he said that um, Zane was the gasoline to Samai's fire. So, uh. um, if that tells you anything about your your question, um, he kind of you know, fueled and, and, and fanned the flames of the side of Samai that she didn't didn't know existed. You know, he kind of brought oh. to life this, this other persona that was inside of her. Like for example, Samai was a Christian so she didn't she didn't she wasn't really around a lot of cuss words. So when Zane first dropped the F-bomb on her, it shocked her. She was like, oh, my, she, you know, she hung up on him because she was like, no, I, I don't talk like that, you know, and don't talk like that to me. But eventually her journey, she started using that word, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, without giving the story away, um, it is one of those situations where, unfortunately, she made a wrong choice in deciding oh to engage engage with Zane. Oh, Zane yeah. you know what it sounds Go ahead. It sounds it 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 sounds that way and I, I sit here with a little bit of regret but I just listening to you so far through through the interview, we have about ten minutes to go. Um I'm I'm gonna say that you do teach a lesson though. There's a lesson the reader you, you, and this is the, the important thing. And there was an author who writes a TV show who was doing a, a workshops. She said, first of all, you mm-hmm. got to make people care about your characters. They have yes. to care about your characters. And then she, mm-hmm. well, what her trick is, she's a, on na- national TV. She said, then you kill off a character that people really care about. So it's almost <laughs> like you make people really care about a character. Then the character uh-huh. has to do something that the that the viewer or the reader is like, oh no. Right. <laughs> Right, right. That sounds sounds kind of risky to me because what if the people love that character so much they ain't going to watch the show no more, you know? She's got a hit hit TV series. She's got, I think she writes Scandal. I think she writes Uh, Scandal, and there's another one. She said that's her trick. Oh, wow. Well, it works for her. So, you know, obviously those shows are still strong. Um, but I think as a writer who's trying to sell books, you got to be careful. Now, eventually, I think you can do that with books because um, I've seen writers do that. I've seen writers either uh, make a character change into someone, you know, or show a side of themselves that you didn't know existed. Um, and I think I do that a little bit with, with Samai because um, – It sounds it like you do. That- yeah. It's, it's definitely yeah, it, sounds, it sounds like you do sort of. Go ahead. The reader doesn't know what's coming next, and you keep them hooked. Just listen to you talk about the book. My interest has gone through the roof. When I think about well, Sam, how she started, she meets Zane, and how she's, I mean, it's like, and these this happens to people in real life. They meet somebody, yes. and they and then you then you see them a year later, and you're like, you're nothing like you used to be. You're nothing right. like you used to be. But can mm-hmm. you give us, I want our, our listeners to, to learn about not quite what it seems as well. Can you give us mm-hmm. a brief introduction to 
not quite what it seems. And I and and this far through the show, if people are like me, they want to go out and get a copy of Not Never as Good as the First Time. But can you now give us a brief introduction to Not Quite What It Seems? Um, yes. So Not Quite What It Seems um, is kind of a sequel to Never As Good As The First Time, um, which I kind of wanted it to be able to stand on its own. But Never or never As Good As – or Not Quite What It Seems is about Samai Collins' daughter, Jaden who's prominent ah. in the story, uh, never as good as the first time. She's now a grown-up, and she's in her own relationship. And she's become a very successful dancer. In fact, she's been invited to uh, audition for uh, uh, Alvin Ailey's dance company um, for, for a role in a particular uh, musical. And so... Uh, not quite what it seems is about uh, Taji Hyatt Kiko, who is Jaden's love interest, and, and uh, Taji is black and, and Japanese. And um, so his father is somewhat of a shady character, but the grandfather is very traditional Japanese. So he wants Taji to, to marry someone who's traditional and who does not um, – want a career but wants to stay home and be the wife and the mom. Um, and so Taji at first presents that he's not, you know, thinking about that. He wants Jaden to do what she wants to do as far as her career and all of that. But he's really giving in secretly to his grandfather's desire to have a wife who's traditional. So uh, some things happen and it appears that, um, Taji may have have sabotaged uh, Jaden's uh, opportunity to audition for this this musical, oh. and so it's all about their um, their breakup. She moves the uh, she she doesn't give him a chance to explain what happened um, ever. So she breaks up with him, and then she makes this move to Florida because um, in the back of her mind there are some things in Florida that. Um, she wants answers to, like her father, who her real father is, and all of that. She goes off um, in that direction. She meets up with some of her cousins, her Florida cousins, who treat her like gold. But on the flight over there, she also meets another character who um, who falls in love with her because Jaden's very beautiful, and um, he seemingly falls in love with her. He's a rich guy. He has a lot of money. So it's all about... Um, whether Zayden can get back on track and whether Taji and she will get back together or if, um, you know, if things are going to keep her and uh, Taji apart, are their differences greater than what they have in common and will they ever get back together or will Jaden just end up going off with this guy that she met on the plane? Oh, my goodness. I had to ask you, now she's she's going back to through her past why can't she move forward? It, 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 when I was doing the research for the show, it's like she can't move forward until she faces her past. Why can't she? And it sounds like when you go back to her mother, Sammy, that Sammy's kept some secrets from her. And something tells me, does Zane make an appearance? And not quite what it seems. None, none of the characters 
and and you know some of my readers weren't too happy about that. I didn't even have her brothers. Um, Jaden's brothers were not in this. Her mom was not in this. It, I really wanted it to be about her. Um, okay. Because she, there are secrets. You're right. There's secrets about who her dad is, and secrets about um, something that happened to Jaden when she was a child that she's having to deal with, um, and how she's dealing with that. And how, you know, you talked about earlier about how we couldn't let um, distractions and and things that come in our life, they're not always distractions. Sometimes they're tragedies and something tragic happened to Jaden when she was younger. Um, So it's all about will we allow those things that come upon us and happen to us stop us from what we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be and who God created us to be, or will we overcome that? Um, and move forward and be all that we're meant to be. So that's that's the um, dynamic of what Jaden is dealing with, as well as her past issues with her mom. So um, that's pretty much what not quite what it seems is about. You know, I appreciate the fact that your story writing takes on human, and you we were talking about Elin Harris. When you're a great writer, you transcend. Uh, a small uh, demographic. You, you you just do. And and I think about mm-hmm. William Shakespeare and other great writers, uh, James Baldwin. You speak to mm-hmm. the human condition. And it's, it, you don't have to be, fit a demographic to uh, understand and get something out of the story. Mm-hmm. But you also speak to real-life things uh, that, that humans, uh, that we deal with. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Will there be a sequel uh, married to not quite what it seems. Are you working on a sequel to the book? Not really working on a sequel to um, Never As Good As The First first Time and Not Quite What It Seems. Um, and there's a story be- behind that as well. I am working on some other projects. I've um, Because I've been out of the spotlight, I've not stopped writing because that's what writers do. We write. So I have probably 20 projects that haven't been published. I'm working on plays, uh, two that I'm very proud of and and hope to take nationally. Um, But we don't really have time to talk about, you know, what's coming. Um, You know, unfortunately, we, you know, we had that problem with my phone, so it was my fault and not yours. But I really wanted to thank you. No, it's not about fault. (laughs) I really wanted to thank you, Denise, for reaching out to me. I um, wanted to ask the audience to keep my nephew and niece in prayer. Um, they they had some things happen to them this weekend. But, um, you know, just bunches of thanks to you because I really feel motivated um, this year to get back um, on the on the bus uh, or on the, on the horse and, and start putting my works out there again. So I am going to be doing that, and hopefully you will um, be hearing uh, from me soon in that arena. Okay. We're, thank you, Mary. Where can our off-the-shelf listeners get a copies of your books? So they can get them on Amazon.com. Um, they can get them on my uh, publisher's website, uh, the one that you gave at the beginning of the this, this show, Macmillan Publishing. Um, and they're also available in ebook form. So, um I would suggest that the audience just Google the the book uh, titles and, you know, they'll pop up with everywhere that they can be purchased. 
And and so to our listeners again, I want to spell her name. It's Mary M A R I, not not Y M A R I Walker W A L K E R. And we, yes. I want to ask Mary before she closes where we can find her on social media. But the titles of her books, when you search for them, are never as good as the first time, and not quite what it seems. If you were, we had static early. I'm going to try to reschedule Mary again, but. In the end, if you listen to her talk about her books, you can see how intriguing her books are. So I encourage you again, Mary, M-A-R-I, Walker, and the title of her books, Never As Good As the First Time and Not Quite What It Seems. Sammy makes an appearance and and Zane and Never As Good As the First Time, and Sammy's daughter, Jaden, makes an appearance and Not Quite What It Seems, and Mary says she's working on two plays. So our listeners can keep up with you, Mary, in real time, very quickly. They can keep up with you, just go on anytime they want to. Can you tell us what social networks that you're on and how people can find you there? Well, um, you know, I'm trying to do better about that as well. I'm on Facebook. They can definitely follow me on Facebook. I have Instagram and Twitter, um, which I'm going to be more active on moving forward. But they can definitely follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and they can always contact me, instant message me on Facebook. Okay. Well, we want to thank Mary Walker. And once the show finishes streaming, uh, you, you all can tune into the show. I hope you can hear Mary through the interview. I hope people uh, and do listen to the show. So you might learn something for your own personal life when you're coming into distractions or static to keep going forward and right, try different right. things. To, until it until it works and you can come to a great conclusion. That's that's how we. Nothing is just straightforward and smooth. We want it to be, but you can, if you let distractions and things stop you, you might not finish anything. So you gotta you gotta keep going. We are honored that we had Mary, and I'm gonna spell her name again because you know we always want to say M A R Y. Somebody's still gonna type that in. Right, they do all the time. M-A-R-I, M-A-R-I, Walker, and uh, she is the author of Never As Good As the First Time and Not Quite What It Seems. And if you put that up in in the search engine, she she will come up right away. So we thank her for being here with us. I'm going to work to reschedule her. So those of you who want to hear her in her entirety, and her just amazing Mary Walker, you can you can hear her clearly all the way through, but encourage you to listen to today's show when it finishes streaming. For those who came in in, in late in the show, uh, you can listen to it once it finishes again streaming. It'll be up in its entirety. Thank you to Mary. Please go out and get a copy of her books. They, her characters sound, and it's what she has happened to her characters that you can think either about your life or somebody else's and say, wow, that sounds so familiar. And maybe in her story you'll find an answer to 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 a situation that you're in right now, even through a novel. I know it's happened to me. So we want to thank, thank Mary. And as I always tell you guys, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are incredible. Happy Valentine's Day. Go out and create a fabulous day and an amazing week for yourself. Mary, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you.